The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Sometimes Liverpool are in sparkling form. Sometimes, I think as Jim Crawford said there at the end, Tim, it's workmanlike. Mm-hmm. They've just got to keep ticking off the games. Keep ticking off the games. It's not going to always be perfect, particularly at this end of the season. But it looks good now, 2-0. They were comfortable in terms of possessing the game, bossing the game a little bit. Yes, Watford had a few chances. But ultimately, in the end, you would think they were a good value for it. 2-0 is, is fair for me. How do you assess Liverpool today? I, I assess it as job done mm-hmm. and, and potentially I know it's Watford and where they're on the league table but it could have been awkward yeah. you know another team might have taken one of those chances it, it could have been a little bit more nervy than what it was there was uh, nervy moments in it but the bench comes into operation Fabinho comes into yeah. the game um, and, and Mane so they, they take control and it looked comfortable at the end um, and it doesn't matter about the chances really you know they, they give up that possibility because they're so attack minded yeah. and yeah. that often as we've seen the show I mean, the top scorers aren't they um, win some games, it did again today. So, was it sparkling? Who cares? Benfica next, Man City. Is it Benfica yeah. again? Man City, I think, in the FA Cup. They've got a huge April ahead of them. And, and, I, and I think this, Rebecca, when we look, we, they're going to be compared to City always. City just lull you to sleep. They, they, they control the game. It looks like a training session. So then when we, when we go, as you mentioned about Liverpool, they're so forward-thinking. They're always pressing the ball everywhere. People running out of positions. So they're... Their game dominance is going to look completely different to Manchester City, so that can't be discounted. Yeah, they're going to win the title, one of these, in a completely different way Correct. from the other yeah. side. Mo Salah, did you think he had a hangover from the World Cup exit on yeah. Tuesday? didn't look good, did he? Mm. I mean, and that's not the only player that didn't look brilliant for them. Um, just looked a little down, didn't look as lively, sharp that we'd normally expect him. Didn't look particularly thrilled to come off for Sadio Mane yeah. that come on right then. Um, I mean... It'll take a few more days. We know he's a class, class player that they need desperately, mm. particularly in April. They've got these massive mm. games coming up. As you say, Champions League uh, on Tuesday mm. against Benfica. That's the first uh, leg of the quarterfinals. Jürgen, another important win, another step forward. What did you make of the performance? I mean, it, it felt like the, the kind of game that you predicted. Exactly like that. Um, of course, we, we, I said the boys, everybody wants uh, analyze of the game. 
yeah, I will not deliver that. I'm not interested today because we had to get through this. We have to. Um, all the teams have the same situation, obviously. But um, when you are in, um, when you have to dominate a game, it's 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 slightly more difficult. But a real, uh, big compliment to Watford, and especially um, Roy, who obviously um, probably when we bring him back when he's 80, he will set up a team and, and organize a team in a, in a really in a really good way. So um, they defended the spaces really well. And we could have done definitely better, but it's not too interesting today. We needed, we needed um, maturity. We needed um, desire. The counter press was the best I saw for a long time. Played today, um, but with the ball, we could have been slightly more creative, um, offering more runs in behind stuff like this. Um, so, but we scored the two goals and controlled the game in other parts. Needed Ali once. That's it. Yeah, you needed something clever to cut through, didn't you? And Diogo Jota is that. He's always in the right space at the right time. Oh, not always, <laughs> but um, from time to time, yes. Uh, it was a great goal, great cross from Joey. Um, and and then uh, Diogo's header, perfect header. And um, the next situation I didn't see, but um, I didn't see it back even with the penalty. But it was, of course, then the decider in this game. Um, there was not a lot for for Watford really, where they had counterattacks. We always said we we were in control, and that's what you have to be in a game like this. And that's why I'm really happy about it. Joe Gomez's cross had had a touch of the Alexander Arnold's about it, didn't it? Yeah, the boys had a big banter with him on the bench. We said probably it's not him; it's just the position. <laughs> who makes the crosses but it's um, no it was, was really good hit. and then the second half the cross was outstanding was well defended by, by Watford so played a good game it was, was a logical solution today with the, with the strength especially with, of um, Watford on the wings with the really quick player stuff like this so Joey did well defensively of course but um, offensively as well so we should be really happy about it it's a surprise in many respects it's only his second Premier League start that's the kind of quality you have <laughs> on the bench yeah, well, nobody is surprised about that. That we have quality on the bench, obviously, but um, it's it's a position he can play. It's not that his um, probably his favorite position or his favorite position is centre half. I, I get that, and he's um, really, really um, outstanding player on this position. But he can play right back for us as well, and that's very helpful in situations like we had now. That was your two hundred and fiftieth Premier League game. Did you know that? They come <laughs> thick and fast. Don't they? <laughs> True. Um, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it was a, a long journey. For we, we needed we needed a while, so like six and a half years or whatever. But it's uh, you cannot do it quicker, obviously. So no, all fine. Um, prob- it would be cool if all 250 would have been outstanding, but that's not possible. So we played some good ones, some lesser good ones, and today was absolutely good enough to win the game. So 1-1, then the final score at Old Trafford. Tim Howard, Robbie Mosto, Rebecca Lowe with you. And as I say, we're on, go- on goal zone for another hour, so don't go anywhere. We asked for something in the second half, Robbie. Did we get an improvement from Manchester United? Slight. Um, definitely improvement in intensity and drive from the team. I think you saw in the last 15, 20 minutes, they're better in, in, in a desperate state. Like, the fans were desperate. The team becomes desperate. The, the subs... Well, I, I guess I feel like attacking subs. When you bring off Pogba and bring on Nemanja Matic, kind of, you know, it's not really attack-minded. But they were better, but it's still 1-1 against Leicester at home when the manager says they need to win every single game, really, to, to get into the top four. I would think that's it. That's it for top four chances for this season, for Champions League football, for a club of this size. They're two games more than Arsenal, three, games by, uh, three points behind. I've yet to play them, of course, but 
it's going to be difficult now. They're not, they're not ready for that. They're not mm. good enough. They don't look like a top four side. You know, Kasper Schmeichel, did he make that many saves, you know, in the game? So United fans will be disappointed, though slightly better in terms of energy, not in terms of like style or game plan. It looked a little bit off the cuff, but at least they, they got the fans involved a little bit. Is that it? Are they out the top four race after that? Yeah, and Musty stole the words out of my mouth there. I, I just think Man United fans won't want to hear this, but no European football next season will help them. It will help the new manager. It'll allow them to just get on the training ground, focus on themselves, focus on the Premier League and, and domestic cups. It, it's hard to say that it's a good thing, but for this, for this Manchester United club, I think it's a good thing. Do you think for the new manager coming in, it's a good thing? Well, they might have Europa, I mean, they might have Europa yeah. or, or other stuff, but... Um... But where Tim's coming from in terms of having a whole season next season for the new manager to get his teeth into the domestic trophies, including the Premier League, with no European distraction, were they to finish, say, sixth, is that a positive? Can you see it as a positive? You know what? The more bigger thing for me is the team's not ready for domestic success yet. I think it's going to take longer than that. Um, I think they'll be in some kind of European football, the Europa Conference League or the Europa... I don't know, but I mean... it's just it's such a, a rebuilding job that looks needed now and a new start and a reset button and who's the manager and who's going to stay and who's going? Paul Pogba. He's going to go, isn't he? On a free transfer. He's going to, they've bought him for hundred and something million dollars. He's going to go on a free. Didn't look interested, particularly interested today in today's game. So such a big job. So many players, Tim, I'm not sure right now is the time to go through it, but so many players that don't look like they're champion players that... that shouldn't be at a club that is expecting to win or to be at the very top of the Premier League. My goodness, there's some work to be done there. And, of course, we know that there's been a ton of money that's been spent on the club. We know that the, the stadium is, you know, really needs help in terms of it's like it's kind of falling down, leaking or whatever. Mm. So it's a massive job for the next manager. And that might be announced soon, but it's a big job. Well, they are planning to improve the stadium. We know that for certain. But we are still awaiting to find out who's going to take over from Ralph Ragnick at the end of the season. I'll take you back to Old Trafford and to our commentary team, Lee Dixon and Arlo White, with some uh, post-match thoughts, please, chaps. Thanks, Rebecca. Yeah, you have a horse in the top four race with Arsenal, of course. Um, But do you see any way this Manchester United team can usurp them and qualify for the Champions League next season? No, I know. I agree. Not on performances like that. I think, you know, I agree with the boys in the studio. They're, they're just, they're just miles away. They've got players on the pitch that that are just wandering around. The first half, and we talked about all the second half was miles better. It was only miles better after the 63rd minute, after Leicester scored. Up until then, there was no real change. So it's an mm. hour. At Old Trafford, when you're going for a top four position, not, not trying to win the league, top four. So all of a sudden, these fans here are filling this ground every week and they're watching that. It was like I could have played in that first half because it was walking football. Particularly with a new knee. Exactly. I mean, in the midfield for, for United, you just wander around, you walk about. Pogba walks about. He doesn't pick a man up, he doesn't do anything on the ball. There's so many problems to fix, I agree with with Robbie. And the new manager's got to come in and shake this club up because that is not good enough. That's not good enough for the red shirt they're wearing at any stage. When you watch that game tonight, even when they got back in it and they scored the goal, after that, it was huffing and puffing. It wasn't United like we're used to seeing. And that's what we've got to get out of our heads. We've got to Mm. get out the old United used to do this. This isn't the old United. This is United now and they're poor. Um, When it comes to VAR the correct decision to disallow the Madison goal. Was Scott McTominay a little fortunate? 
Yeah, I think he was a little bit. I mean, you know, you know what I'm like. I, I don't like to see players getting sent off. Most of the tackle that I see, I think, are quite fair. <laughs> but I think, given the rules, given the regulations, given the laws of the game now, they was endangering an opponent on that tackle, and I think he was lucky to stay on. So the VAR one they got right. That one, you might say, he, he wasn't injured, but he could have quite easily been very injured there, Madison, on that tackle. Impressed with Leicester? Superb. The first time I've seen him live brilliant off the ball great runs real energy about them and uh, you know Brendan's got them firing again and they're getting people back in it next season we're going to see the real Leicester back mm. again I think the first victory against Chelsea since 1939 arguably the greatest victory in the mm. history of mm. Brentford Football Club we were having that debate earlier on yeah. Chelsea went into this game on the back team of six straight wins so where did that come from well uh, you could only guess really from from what they've shown us there that they had an eye on the Champions League this week and ah, it's Brentford they're down to the bottom we should we should be fine and I think it also shows in the way that they tried to get back in the game scored a great goal through Rudiger the equalizer came they didn't try and systematically get back in the game and give Brentford the respect that they deserve they just kind of went for it uncharacteristically Tuchel's teams are very very buttoned up they were all over the shop they conceded four I just think it was a bad afternoon for Chelsea. On the whole, it's almost impossible to criticise Thomas Tuchel, mm. but there has been the odd result in the last year where he's had moments like that, and it's almost like you have to have them to go back to basics and start again. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's, it's not the time for me to, to heavily criticise a team. They've been on a tremendous run, by the mm. way. I think it's 12 wins in the last 13 in all competitions, and that was the, the League Cup final. They lost on penalties mm. to Liverpool. So they've been in brilliant form, we know under difficult circumstances, bad day at the office. I thought from the very start, Tim, they didn't look up for the game, mm -hmm. didn't look motivated, didn't look driven. They probably assume they're in a good position for the top four finish. They've got Real Madrid mm -hmm. uh, midweek in the Champions League, first leg of the quarterfinal of, of that competition. So classic, international games, you know, all kind of rolled into a lacklustre, mm -hmm. disappointing Chelsea performance. Can we just talk about Lukaku? Where yeah. do you see his future, Tim? Not at Chelsea at the moment, certainly under Tuchel. Um, I, I, th I still think he should be in there, be the focal point. Guy Havertz is a nice player when he plays underneath, but Chelsea are still looking for that out-and-out number nine. Yeah, once again, he missed out on the starting lineup. Romelu Lukaku had to come off the bench to try and help Chelsea today, but he didn't. They lost by four goals to one. Thomas, you've come across West London. You beat the European champions. Are you pinching yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah a bit, I must say. Um... I said in the press conference before the game that if we, we beat them, it will be the, the, the biggest result of the, of the season. Um, and then we've done it fully deserved. Uh, and you go here and win 4-1. Uh, maybe it's not a 4-1 win, but it's definitely a fully, fully deserved win. Uh, I'm extremely proud of the players and the staff and everyone involved in, in the club. Um, uh, top, top performance. And the fact that you're 1-0 down as well makes it even more surreal. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think that, that's, again, a credit. You know, when Rudiger puts the top corner thing, no, not again. You're like, we just played last game with Castagna and uh, Madison. But, but the character and the mentality of these uh, players is unbelievable, and they show that again today. You've been at Brentford long enough to know that your West London rivals are QPR and Fulham. Chelsea were almost untouchable, weren't they? Unattainable. So what was it like at the full-time whistle to be celebrating with those Brentford fans? Oh, with the fans, that, that's, um, that's a moment that, you know, 
I think we all want to achieve a win, but I think it's important to enjoy uh, the moments uh, that you get because in football there's so much pain, there's not that much uh, joy. So I think today is about enjoying this moment and the, and the possibility to do that with the fans. They, they were uh, immense, they were crazy, so that's a very nice moment to be part of. Vitaly Janel scored a couple of goals today. He's just joked with us, he felt that he signed his contract a little bit too early, having signed it yesterday. <laughs> I think it was perfect timing. Uh, I don't think he scored two goals since uh, under six, but uh, anyway, no. Vitaly has done so well since, since he came to the club, um, and um, maybe with the two goals, this was maybe his uh, best performance so far for us. It's a bit unfair that Christian Eriksen always gets mentioned when you win, but it's since he arrived, there's been a real upturn. Has he able to sort of lift the other players as much as his own ability? Yeah, of course. I think I think everyone, uh, when a good player is coming into the team, everyone get a little bit, you know, both excited but also a little bit ooh, extra confidence. Um, and the way he the way he presents himself uh, off and on the pitch is, you know. Uh, very impressive. Um, he gives calm and, of course, unbelievable quality. And uh, you know, um, I'm happy. I said to him after the two uh, national team games, I hope he he saved a few goals for Brentford, and and he did. And with the results elsewhere going your way, it, it's looking good, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, um, it's um, the, the plan. The whole season has been, you know, big focus on the next game. Um, try to end as high as possible and, and today that's definitely uh, that, that, that makes sense uh, so that's what you want to do try to end as high as possible focus on the next one enjoy the moment for 24 hours and then move on again how will you enjoy tonight then I'll what will you do extra yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I'll do extra but I will have a, a nice glass of red wine I think Now, as good a day as it was for West Ham, Robbie Muster, you picked mm. out some awful moments today, which some well, not Everton. It's today. just the little details that today were the defining details. Mason Holgate, a little late there, that free kick leads to the first goal. Here's what the first of two yellow cards for Michael Keane. Again, just a little sloppy, a little late. This is a more obvious mistake from Alex Awobi. The ball gets pushed through for Mikel Antonio. And, of course, this is the, the winning goal for West Ham United. So some of these details don't look big at the time, but compounded, compounded, that's why Everton lost the game. And, again, here, the final piece in this is Michael Keane's second yellow card. Little late, unnecessary, makes it an almost impossible job for Frank Lampard to try and win this game. Now, listen, they've got games in hand, but take a look at Everton's run-in. Burnley, as I say, is Wednesday. Then it's home to Manchester United next Saturday, followed by Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester again, Brentford at home, Arsenal on May 22nd. That is the final day of the season. And they've still got Palace at home and Watford away. Watford away could be massive to fit in somewhere. Those are two games that need to still be rearranged. Well, many people this week talking about Tim Frank Lampard. It's not his fault. This mm. is the team that he's inherited. There's not a lot he can do. Is he doing enough? Uh, he is. He's doing enough with, with what's on offer. Uh, I mean, I, I watched that performance. They're low on confidence. I get that. Most teams down the bottom are low on confidence. Forget that. You've got Awobi, who's we talked at halftime, coming out in the press and, say, and, and talking about how, how they don't have any confidence. There's no leaders on this team, there's nobody getting to grips with that dressing room and circling everyone up and going, right, no more talking. No one speaks to the press about, about how we feel. We're going to go out there and we're going to kick and we're going to scrap. And it just, just I, don't, I don't see a leader on this team. I don't see anybody who's, you know, I see smiles. I see them losing again and I see smiles after the whistle. I see, I see no urgency, no one running to get the ball, chasing it, kicking up the pitch. It's as if they're, they're, in, they're in dreamland that they're not in this thing. 
Are they making any progress on this? Well, no. I mean, you say he's doing everything okay, but they've they've played eight games under him in the Premier League. They've lost six and won two. You know, when you look at the league table, it's like, well, they've got games in hand. Well, okay, total games there is ten. They need three wins from those ten. And I'll take a guess that the last ten Premier League games, they've not won three matches to get from 25 points Mm. they've got now to 34 that might be okay, but it might not be. It's just, can you see three wins coming from ten? And I, I just think when you look at them and today, of course, we know the confidence is going to be down. But when there's no foundation at the back, you've got front players that are not really involved mm. and not busy and midfield players that I know Alan was suspended today. But it's not as though there's a ton of players out of this side. He's got to find a way, Rebecca, to get a foundation to try and stop this rot because they're losing a lot of games, conceding a lot of goals. And Frank Lampard at the time was I was like, yeah, it's a very popular choice. Yeah. And I remember saying with Rob Earl on the podcast, I, I don't know whether I'm fully in on this, given the experience and given the size of the club, the size of the job. And right now, of course, the alarm bells are ringing. I mean, I mean, lack of leadership, three red cards in the last three games. Like, like you have to just basically say to each other, we can't even win a game with 11 players. Don't you dare get sent off. And it just keeps happening. Well, at half-time, Michael Keane was on a yellow. Yeah. Michael Keane's not had a good season. Right. Should... Frank Lampard have yes. taken Michael Keane off at the break, even though he's captain. 100%. You, you have to protect your team, knowing that it was a rash challenge. He hasn't been in the best, best of form. He's actually giving you the right opportunity to say, sorry, Michael, you're coming off. I have to put somebody on who I know can finish the game. And they also needed to win the game, and they left arguably the best player on the bench, Anthony yep. Gordon, yeah. until late in the game as well. Many questions for Frank Lampard to answer. We'll bring you that post-match interview uh, as and when we get it. If- the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Frank, what is the overriding feeling after a game like that? You worked so hard to get back in, showed a lot of resilience, and then a couple of mistakes and, and you walk away with nothing. Yeah, disappointment because we deserve more from the game. Deserves, I think, at least a point. Um, at 1-1, I, f- I fancy us to be the stronger team that's pushing to go and score the second. A uh, mistake that they um, break away and get a goal that uh, we save, it drops to them, it bounces in the goal the first half. The first goal was a free kick that goes in the top corner. And the reality is we're in that kind of moment where everything's going against us, decisions, uh, moments in games, um, red cards, and um, I can't fault the players, can't fault their uh, character, their uh, play generally. Mistakes, yeah, a couple of mistakes, but so did they make and and it didn't fall our way. Um, So the performance was really positive and we've got 10 games to perform like that again and more. Is that... A feeling that you're going to walk away with it, even though you lost the game. That was what you wanted for them, was it was more desire, uh, more ambition in the in-game management? Well, yeah, I th- no, I think desire and ambition has been there. I know after Palace, we, we weren't so good, but n- not, not many teams other than probably City and Liverpool do it every week. And, and the reason that we are in this position is because we want to get better. So um, I've got no, no problem with that side of it. But today it was there. And this is a tough place to come because they're a team that have been working together, that are physical, that are organised and have quality. Two or three years ago, West Ham are fighting against relegation and now look at them where they are now that's the reality of football and how the curve moves quickly and you have to work um, to try and make the curve go in your favour um, so we need to keep working because I'm, I'm a big believer in things going your way and they're certainly not going ours at the moment but we must keep working and even though it's not nice it's not easy to take positives out of no points 
we have to take positives out of the performance. Third game now in the Premier League that you, you've had a man sent off and, and had to complete the game with 10 men. How frustrating is that for you and how much does it throw your plans out the window? Yeah, it throws the plans, well, it changes the plans. Um, the third game, two of those sending offs, are, they are sending off two yellows that you can be frustrated with. One is not sending off against Alan against Newcastle when it, got, it should have been overturned, but the people wanted to save face and not overturn it. We're in that now. Um, Let's hope those circumstances change going forward because it is difficult when you're playing with 10 men to try and, and... And we did. We kept going. We had a couple of half chances after that. And as I say, the, the spirit and resilience of the team was really good. How much does it make your task at Turf more, even more difficult now than you don't have Michael Keane for that game? Yeah, it's, it's more difficult because not only that, we've got players injured. You know, Donny pulls out in the warm-up today. Um, we've got Alan suspended for another game for, the, for that tackle um, so it, we're stretched in different places but I'm not so worried about personnel now like individual, I'm more worried about the character of the group and what I saw there today showed that and it's not just about Burnley, it's a huge game for us, there's no doubt, but there'll be nine more after that we're four points ahead of Burnley we're three points ahead of Watford we know how many games we've got, some games in hand on other teams so we must stick to the next game, And so Burnley is absolutely the most important game at the minute we have to say, show similar quality and character, or more quality because there is more quality in this group, um, to win enough games to stay up. Just a word on Mason Holgate as well, because it must have been disruptive enough for you to have Donny van der Beek pull up in the warm-up. Mason Holgate comes in, fits into the position you need him to, scores the goal and then changes position too. Yeah, you know, that's the, the personality needed in the group. Um, it's not, it's not an easy ask always to ask. People, people can be versatile, yes, but when you Mason's last 10 games or since I've been here, he's playing centre-back. So you're asking in a, to go up and step into midfield against Declan Rice and Suchek and you know, have Rama running around you for now or whatever. You know, those sort of, uh, it's a different environment and I thought he did it really well. Uh, grew into the game, moved back, as you say, got his goal and that's the character we need. Uh, result aside, talking about being more clinical, there were moments before the game, before Mason Holgate scored the goal, and even though it took a bit of a deflection, you needed that sort of goal, didn't you, to, especially away from home. How do you work on, on, on your strikers and your forward players being more clinical? Um, you continue to work because we work on it. Um, we work a lot in training. I had a career of working on it, and that's the only thing I know. But what you can't quite replicate at the training ground is the moment in the game when it comes but the more you work we will miss some every striker does every attacking player does but the more you work and the more you stay strong in your, in your, in your thought process and the more you create and we create enough to come here at West Ham it's a tough team to play very um, organised they don't give you chances you have to find your chances and opportunities we found enough to win the game as you say we'll have to keep finding them and that turn will come for the individuals we'll get the goals which will change the tone of games and which will help us get results Well, Tottenham Hotspur and Antonio Conte are now, Robbie Musso, looking like the real deal. I mean, pretty complete performance mm. wherever you look in the team, from defensive structure, from winning the ball back early, from the two midfield players and centre keeping the ball sensibly, the wing-backs doing their jobs, getting goals. The key, though, for me is the front three. I mean, we always knew that Son and Kane were a special couple of players, but Kulusevski adds something a little different, super reliable, good on the ball, makes an assist, I think, today, and, and they just look really, really good. Daniel Levy, I'm sure, is there somewhere. He's got to be pretty happy, Rebecca. Ooh. He's made a lot of hires over the last few years. Paratici, 
signings. Two new players have played today, Kulusevsky particularly. Really good work from him as a director of football and, of course, Antonio Conte. The two of those working together and he just started to see a real grooved Tottenham Hotspur. Conte had sensed it in the week. He'd said, they're starting to understand me. It does take time. This is the whole point, Tim. When you have a new yeah. manager who comes in, especially one like Conte, who is so specific with how he wants things yeah. to be done, they're clearly now all in the same groove. Yeah, it, it, feels, it feels very rhythmic. You talk about them being in the groove, and I agree with Conte. They are starting to understand him. It, it's basically, as you talked about, the front three can pretty... They're responsible and they're selfless. They can do what they want. They can go wherever they want. They can make runs... The wing backs we've seen, that's what he that's what Antonio Conte wants. Solidity at the back and then his two full backs get on the score sheet today because they're in the box. I mean, the highest the highest player forward in the box was the fullback at times. Mm. That's what he wants. He wants that little interplay and that link underneath. They're, they're flying at the moment. There's no doubt that there has been a change since Bentancur and Kulisevsky mm-hmm. yep. came in in January, which means if Conte can do it again with maybe three or four in the summer. What's the future look like? Well, you, you, you're suggesting a, a title challenge and why not? Why not? If they can bring in, I think you're going to need two or three. And listen, it might mean that Liverpool and City maybe have a little bit of an off period, but there's no reason. Why not? Why not? It's, the money will be trusted now with Partici and Conte. Yeah, they, they look really, really good. And if you're Harry Kane, you're much more likely to stay yeah. as well as mm. things are. And if mm. he's given Conte a little bit more money. Let's take you back to Graham mm. and Arlo White. So two or three more players and a title challenge for Antonio Conte and Spurs, possibly next year, chaps. Sure, uh, but let's uh, let's concentrate on this season and maybe qualifying for for the top four. Uh, Newcastle are going to be spending a lot of money as well, aren't they? But probably slightly behind uh, Tottenham in the whole cycle of things. But there's lots of smiles and positivity around this stadium, Graham, and it's not always been the case in the last couple of seasons. What impresses you the most, or what? How do you encapsulate Antonio Conte's Tottenham? Well, I think you know he's the ultimate leader, as you want from a coach. He tells you what to do. He gives you the belief. He gives you the confidence. He keeps you on your toes. And it's not just about the eleven; it's about the squad and it's about the direction of travel and how you build consistency and form. And he does that every single minute of every single day with those players. And you're seeing it now. Tim mentioned selfless players. Robbie talks about the energy and the positivity around them. That all comes from the coach. And then the fans get behind it because they see something. Even if it doesn't work out, they see the method and they see the process and they, and they get behind it. And I think that, that they've got a lot of work to do to get, to get up to that next level, of mm. course. You know, they've got a stadium to pay off as well. But, but the quality recruitment of the two players that they've brought in, the, the fact that everybody's standards are improving and he's driving them on, they've got the right ingredients to succeed. And it's all about now these, this next patch of games. Can they, yeah. can they keep the pressure on those teams above them? I'm going to keep asking you and Lee this question. Mm. Who would you rather be right now, Tottenham or Arsenal? Um, oh, probably Tottenham at the moment. I, I just really like their shape. I, I, I think the experience of the coach in these situations just gives him a bit more authority than Mikel Arteta. Nothing against him, but he's got more experience, Conte. I'd rather be looking at him and listening to him mm. for advice on how to plot these last few games than, than well, nearly anyone else in the league in some ways. Yep. Antonio, when your team perform as well as that in such an important game, is it difficult for you to pick out what you liked the most about today? No, no, it's not. It's not difficult. It's what not difficult. It no, because uh, and, um, when uh, when you see your team to play in this way, and uh, you enjoy, you enjoy, and um, I think we we played a really good game. But this is not the first. Um, 
despite the difficulty of the game, because uh, and, uh, Newcastle is not easy and uh, to, to face them. Uh, they tried to be very compact, very deep, and um, to um, don't consider a great space. And uh, despite that, uh, we went uh, one nil down. Um, we scored, and then the second half, uh, I think we controlled the game. We dominated the game. We get the chances to to improve also the final result. I guess uh, a really good team. Because this team uh, is uh, Newcastle is uh, well prepared on the tactical aspect. They have uh, good players, but uh, we are in a good moment, and, uh, and the team is uh, is growing. It's growing in every as aspect, on the tactical aspect, on the technical aspect, physically, and uh, I think that the, the the work that we are doing uh, and uh, is paying is paying off and. Uh, it's important for me because uh, in this way the players that uh, I have seen uh, in Tottenham uh, every day, great commitment, great behaviour of my players, but um, to have also a good result uh, is important because uh, uh, they trust, no? they trust in the, in the work that we are doing and uh, also if sometimes it's uh, hard work, but uh, then uh, when, uh, uh, when you see this type of performance, um, you trust. You trust in what you you are doing. Psychologically, what does it give you and your players to go back forth today? But um, honestly, in my, in my career, and uh, uh, I like I like to be honest. I like to be clear in every moment with my players. And uh, um, before, and uh, also because don't forget that I arrived in November. It was very difficult for me to uh, to put a target no, in our season uh, because uh, I have found many uh, difficulty in many aspects. But uh, with the work after five months and half, six months, and uh, we tried to uh, yeah to work to work and uh, to to bring my idea of football and uh, uh, to bring my my mentality and with these players, but. Um, you can have uh, the best idea of football and the best mentality, but if the players doesn't want to learn or doesn't want to to uh, to improve, to to make themselves in another level, and uh, it's very difficult for for the coach. For this reason, I repeat and um, I tell thanks to my players because from the first day. They have uh, shown me always great commitment and uh, great desire to improve. You said we're in a good moment right now. Do you think you have hit your stride perfectly at the right time to be able to seal that fourth place? The way you're playing, the way the players are buying into your instructions, carrying out your instructions, we've seen what the full-backs and the wire players are doing, that you are really in a good position now to take that fourth place, which you once described as a miracle. When you see things like today, does it seem more achievable? But uh, for, for sure, uh, the possibility to work, to work more, to have more days, to work with uh, with the team, and not to prepare every three days the game, uh, this uh, is helping us. Because uh, I repeat, don't forget that when uh, you uh, you come in during the season, and uh, it's okay, you you can have the training session, but at the same time you have to prepare. Game and game and game, and uh, when you have to prepare the game for sure, 
you have to miss no uh, many many situations uh, instead and uh, to have uh, more days uh, and uh, more time to work with uh, with my players uh, this uh, is helping us and uh, because i have more time uh, for uh, to transfer my media football and for video analysis for uh, tactical uh, situation for uh, uh, training uh, um, under physical aspect uh, i think this is uh, this is very important to have time and uh, but we can improve, and we can. Uh, we need. We need to continue to improve, and uh, this performance, like also the last performance, perfor performances in the, the last period, has to give us a great confidence. But uh, you know very well that in, <laughs> in England, this league is very difficult. But um, to play against us is not easy in this moment. Lastly, can I ask you about Harry Kane's performance today, and also the form he's in right now? It wasn't on the score sheet, yeah. but. Our studio talked about how fantastic he was and he was named man of the match. Yeah. Right now, how good would you say he is as a player? Not just in the Premier League, but almost on the world stage. But I think the performance, uh, Kane's performance was uh, amazing. It was amazing. And uh, I said to him uh, uh, at the end of the game and uh, that uh, uh, it was a shame that he, did, he didn't score, but he played in a fantastic way and uh, he made the assist and... Uh, to see a player, but uh, especially to have uh, this type of player in your team and uh, um, make, make you strong and also the teammates and uh, to know that uh, Kane is uh, in our side is very important because we know that uh, well, he's a scorer at Maratoto so he can create a chance to, to score yeah, for the other. What is it that he does the most that you like so much? But uh, I like, I like uh, um, first of all, uh, I like uh, the person, because uh, uh, despite uh, is, uh, we are talking about uh, talented, talented players, many, many times uh, players that are with great talent uh, doesn't want to, to work hard instead. And uh, I have found uh, a player that before is a great man, and uh, um, he was an example from the first day that arrived here. And, uh, Mm, honestly, mm, you can think that this is normal, but this is not normal because uh, usually when you are a top player and uh, sometimes, uh, not that you want to, to work less, but sometimes you are a bit lazy. And uh, this is the, the, the first things that uh, I like the him from, from the first time, the, the, the availability and uh, to be a, a big example for, for the teammates. And also, I have seen the, the desire, no, the desire uh, about him uh, uh, to try to, uh, yeah, to be competitive, no, to be competitive uh, in in the league and uh, for uh, every competition. Three nil, Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. More impressed by Crystal Palace or more disappointed <laughs> in Arsenal? I'm gonna say Palace. More impressed with Crystal Palace. What a what a performance. What an atmosphere. The club has turned around. The club has turned around from the last few seasons of kind of a bit boring football, stay in the league, pragmatic, ageing squad. A huge turnaround in terms of the summer, in terms of the manager and different players and young players coming in. Brilliant signings. I could go through the whole team and for different reasons you could eulogise about the central defenders or the left young left fullback that's into the team for the first time. The midfield players, Mateta, the guy up front that was great energy, scores a goal. The scenes at the end there with the yeah. big floods and the, and the... I mean... 
Wow, and this is Crystal Palace, by the way, that's mid-table. And nothing really to play for in terms of European mm. qualification, fighting relegation. And yet, they're that enthused, they're that excited about what's happening at the club. I mean, they outplayed Arsenal in every department of the side, in every way of a game, in terms of tackling, a mentality, the passing, the energy, everything. A, a tremendous Palace performance. And they really have something going now. I mean, look at their last Premier League match. It was a draw mm-hmm. against Man City. Yeah. They had a huge win in the FA yeah. Cup the last time they played. And now... 3-0 against yeah. Arsenal. For all of those reasons, I, no one's going to want to leave the stadium. You, you talk about the flags and, and, and the result against City, and then tonight we're, we, you know, we're discussing on, on whether Arsenal can get into the top four, and they just brush them aside. They're into the FA Cup semifinal. It's really good times there at, at Crystal Palace under Patrick Vieira. Massive credit has to go to him. We saw the front players tonight. You talked about Mateta. Zaha was in brilliant yeah. form. Ayu gets a... a, a a rare goal. Gallagher couldn't stop pressing all over the pitch. I mean, it was, it was a really good performance. In the end, not only did they beat Arsenal, they made a really good Arsenal team have to make a bunch of substitutions, change tactics, go to different formation. So well played. And an Arsenal side that had a lot to play for. Just one point would have put them in the fourth by themselves. And you know that, that their alert level had to be up even more after watching Tottenham in the second half yesterday. Yeah. Listen, I think that is a, it's a harsh lesson. Mm-hmm for those young players. And not just young players, by the way. I'm not going to pick out the young players. Alexander Lacazette, very little. And Thomas Partey, we, we, we picked him out as a featured player, been playing much better for Arsenal. He struggled uh, today with that intensity. They didn't meet any fire with fire at all. And their football wasn't good enough to beat the press. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm interested to see what Arteta says afterwards and see what he says. I mean, he hasn't got much defence. They were, they were very well beaten. Surprising performance from Arsenal, considering all they had at stake. Yeah, they, they, we, we didn't see that coming. Um, you know, they won 10 out of the last 13 games. They were playing really well. You expected them, as Musty said, to be able to open up and get on the ball. Credit Palace, they just pressed them so incredibly well, they couldn't get into that shape. Wilfred Zaha for Crystal Palace, the final goal that came in the second half. Here he is right after the win. Congratulations, Wilf. Do you think that comprehensive 3-0 win was fully justified with that performance? Yeah, 100%. Um, We worked on what we're going to do all week. We knew um, they liked to play inside, so we tried to just block the inside balls. And when we had the chances, we just counted and got the goals we needed. Was it also the fact that, in many ways, you, you healthily showed them no respect? You didn't give them a minute's peace from the very go? Um, I think with the quality that we have, we just got to impose ourselves on, in the games that we play. It's not about looking at the shirt badges or whatever. We've got quality in our team. And I think if we play the way we want to play, we can hurt anyone. How much did tonight's performance and victory show how far this side has come under Patrick Guerra? Um, it's massive because it just shows the resilience the team has. And obviously, in the past, we, we score a goal, then crumble. But now it just shows that we can defend together and attack together. Also as well, you've got a huge FA Cup semi-final coming up. What does that sort of performance give you with that in the not-too-distant future? Massive confidence boost. But it's a thing where we're just taking every game as it comes. Obviously, that's a big game, but we're just trying to win every game we can right now. I mean, it's five years to the week since you beat Arsenal here. Just how much does the atmosphere and these fans contribute to the team? 
I always say I feel like Palace are the best bands. Like they they add a lot to our games. Like when when we're under the cosh, hearing them cheer us on, it's literally like a 12th man. So yeah, credit to them. And in terms of the rest of the season, you're up into ninth now. What does tonight give you? Um, it shows that we don't need to look over our shoulder. We can look up the table and try and move further on. Fantastic stuff. Well played tonight. Thank you. Crystal Palace with two goals within eight minutes of each other in the first half. Jordan Ayew there with the second. Wilfred Zaha added one in the second half. Eagles win 3-0. Here's our head coach, Patrick Vieira, with our colleagues from Sky Sports. Congratulations, Patrick. How proud are you of your players tonight? Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, really proud. I think today we, we played a really good game of football. I think we defended well and we take our chances in a, in a really good period and uh, managing to score in a really important moment of the game. And we needed big team performance and, and we did it today and we are really pleased. You seem to be really on the front foot from the first minute tonight. Was that part of the game plan? Yeah, I think we wanted to put, uh, put a pressure and um, the support and the atmosphere on the stage allowed us to, uh, to take that kind of risk and uh, we didn't want it to to let them develop the game so especially in the first half I think we we work really well we were really smart about the way we defended from up front and we managed to create chances and scoring goals. Patrick whenever we watch Crystal Palace of an evening game there's just a brilliant atmosphere how, how important is that for you as a manager to try and take advantage of that? It's a huge advantage I think a club you know the atmosphere the fans the DNA of this football club is all about supporting the team and uh, when we play at home we're really feeling that kind of support and uh, and that allowed us to really perform above uh, everything so we went through a really difficult period in the game and especially in the second half they had a couple of chances but we keep defending well and players were tired but the big difference is of course the atmosphere and the fans being behind uh, behind the players hi patrick twain you okay mate hi Wayne. Hi, mate. Um, I just want to ask about Gallagher. I think is how important is he to this team? I think his work rate, his energy, it's really infectious and it rubs off on the other players. I think he's a really key player for you. Yeah, you know, that is um, the energy that he brings to the team um, allowed other players to, to follow him behind. Majority of the time, he's the one who starts pressing and putting pressure. And uh, that really forced as well the other players behind to follow and to reduce the distances between uh, between the lines. So he's a massive, uh, massive player. He's been, um, you know, you say there's a lot of people talking about the goal he scored, and that is good for the team, yes. But the work ethic and the, the passion that he's showing every day, it's something that it's a huge, um, huge plus for us as a, as a team. Patrick, I just want to take stock for a second. Seven unbeaten, four clean sheets in a row into the FA Cup semi-finals for the fifth time in Crystal Palace history. You're now ninth in the Premier League and Palace have only ever finished in the top half once before. Honestly, did you expect this when you came into the club? <laughs> we knew that, I knew that it would be uh, challenges. And, uh, you know, I had um, a fantastic support from the people around. I came to a football club where the foundation was quite really solid, working next to... Uh, to Dougie Freeman, our sportive director, working with the chairman. I think uh, it's about everything around the team who helping the teams to perform. 
Today was a huge performance because we play against a team who won the last five games away from home and it was a difficult task for us and we responded fantastically well. So, you know, it is a really good point for the football club. But we know as well that we need to be consistent in our performances and the result. And uh, we have a really exciting end of the season and, you know, the fans are behind the team. The support against today was, was unbelievable. So we will try to, uh, to perform as well as we did today. Patrick, you, you, you had a wonderful uh, playing career, played in obviously big tournaments, won a lot of trophies. Where would taking Crystal Palace to an FA Cup final rank for you in your career? <laughs> I, we, we, not, we are not there yet. We, we have an um, opportunity to do it. And uh, what we really want is to manage those games uh, in the Premier League really well because we have as well the the ambition to finish, to finish higher as we can and uh, we are in a really good position but we will give ourselves the best chance to go to the FA Cup final. It is it's going to be something uh, really special for the club, for the players um, but we still have a couple of weeks. We don't want to, uh, to put our mind too much ahead. It hasn't escaped our attention, Patrick, if you'd be generous enough to listen to this question. But we've got two people here, in yourself and Wayne Rooney, who've just been uh, elected into the, the Premier League Hall of Fame. And we're developing this theme tonight about great players who go on to be managers. How much did it help you that you had those years with the City Group, perhaps away from the, the Premier League scrutiny, and then had that period in France before you got your chance here in the Premier League? You know, when I was at City, it was, um, it was a really good period because um, people like Brian Ma would really make me understand that if I decided to go in that route, it would be important for me to, to understand that I'm not a player anymore. So I'm going to a new job and uh, different responsibility. So it was important for me to build myself and to, to, to go through those experiences that allowed me to, to make those mistakes and to, to learn about who I want to be as a manager. So... I had a really good journey so far and, um, and I'm happy to be where I am today. And you're doing a fantastic job. You're a gentleman, Patrick. Thanks so much for talking to us Thank tonight. You. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. So Crystal Palace just one loss in the last eight Premier League matches. 14th in the Premier League each of the last two seasons, guys. Now they're into the top half in ninth. He, he did a nice job of dancing around the question, did you expect to be here right now? Uh, so I can ask you guys, how surprised are you? That they're in ninth right now. Yeah, a little surprised uh, because I would have thought it would take a little, little more time. Um, but when I when I listen to him talk and, and I see the way the club operates, he talks about the director of football and Dougie Freeman and the ownership group. They've been patient. They they always were going to give him time, and you don't usually get that. Um, the supporters have been brilliant. They've they've got behind the team. They understood that this was a project with young players and a youngish manager, and they've and they've given that time and that patience. And I think he's, you heard there at the end, he talked about, you know, his coaching path and his journey and, and learning and saying, I'm no longer a player. I have to learn my trade and figure that out. So um, the fact that they're into ninth now, you know, that started the day in 12th, jumped into the top half. I do. I think that's something that they're going to grasp with both hands. And it's something to play for. It's something now for them to focus to the end of the season and say, our goal is to finish in the top half of the table. I would think they've been saying that for quite a few months now. But now they're there, and we see all these teams starting to get into the certain position they want to be in, and it's time for them to hold on to it. How significant do you see it, the fact that they're in ninth right now? I think it's very significant, and um, to answer your question to Tim, like, I'm very surprised, very mm. surprised how well it's gone. And I think everybody can see the excitement around 
Patrick Vieira, the new players. You know, there were some big calls made by the ownership group, Tim, wasn't there, to bring him in, to sign some of these young players. Mark Gooey, an England international now for $25 million. Really good signing. Joachim Anderson, a, a player that had been relegated before. It looks, looks a class act alongside him. These are positions that at the start of the season, I was like, whew, lots of changes, yeah. new manager, Two players centre back that you know haven't played together before with Conor Gallagher, and plus, by the way, it's not forget the ones that were already at the club. Mm-hmm. I thought Jeff Schlupp, by the way, midfield had yeah. a really good game today. Will Zaha, we've talked about as well. Jordan Ayew, who doesn't play that much now, had a really good game. Mm-hmm. So not only the new players have added something, but the what, existing ones have been boosted by the arrival of Patrick Vieira and. You know, I, I think it's got to be pretty easy if you're a player team to play for Patrick Vieira. I mean, you can just see it there. Very humble, very grounded. Um, you know, of course, what he did as a player will make any of the players playing yeah. for him like, wow, I want to impress this guy. So a lot of good things going yeah, for Crystal Palace. I, I think you touched on a great point there. It's, it, there's almost this mutual respect, right? I, I think the players look at him almost as this godlike figure and say that he did everything. Yeah. He's our football manager. But in return, he also has to be the manager they expect him to be and not just a great former player. And you're starting to see a real good chemistry between them because they, they don't get, it doesn't get talked about a lot, but they're doing really well. And Will Zahar, I thought, in his interview made a good point where we've worked on this all week. Yeah. We've worked on they want the ball inside. We've stopped those passes. We're on the counter-attack. So, you know, he's, he's, doing, his, he's doing his job sure, really well in absolutely. terms of preparation, getting the team ready to put in performances like that. Yeah, performance today, specifically Crystal Palace at home at Selhurst Park, 3-0 over Arsenal to move into top half of the table. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC Podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.